the NEPA Scene Podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm John Popko. I work in radio for Alt 92.1 and Rock 107. And uh, Brittany Boot uh, can't join us this week, uh, but she'll be back next week uh, for our next episode. But today we have uh, Aaron Fink in the studio, a local singer-songwriter. Uh, he's been in a lot of bands over the years. Uh, <laughs> Breaking Ben, uh, <laughs> Lifer, Stardog Champion, Jesus. Strangers with Candy. Strangers with Candy, before, before it was Lifer, uh, the Badleys, and uh, Gentleman East as well, yep. which uh, is still going, right? Yep. Nice. We actually just cut out another record with those guys. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like uh, a couple weeks ago. Nice. Yep. Do, you, do you know when that uh, might be coming our way? I don't know when that's coming out, but... Uh, but you have a new can. record out, though. I put out a record in January called Galaxies. Yeah. Now, uh, and you had a you had a, a, a show at uh, River Street Jazz Cafe, I believe, to to celebrate that. Yep. When was that? February. Yeah. Yeah, I think in February. Yep. So, uh, you recorded that at uh, SI Studios, I believe, in Old Forge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, tell tell us about the, uh, the the process that went into that. I know uh, this is your this is your third record now, I believe. It's my third solo record, yeah. So is that three in three years? It's three in three years, yeah. That is <laughs> going for the gold. Yeah, yeah, that's a marathon right there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, if I was touring, like I'd like to be and playing more shows, that that wouldn't be the pace. Mm. But I. Uh, um, you know, that my show schedule is kind of limited at this point. So I'm just like writing all the time. Plus I cataloged a lot of stuff between, I'd say like 2010 and 2013 or 14. I cataloged quite a few songs. Mm. So I'm playing catch up with a couple of those, a couple of those tunes. Um, but I'm always writing fresh stuff. And, uh, so yeah, the process for that was... I guess just like the other ones, I, I kind of made, well, for these three, I, I've done, like, I write all winter, and then I've been recording in the summer, mm. so that's been the process, but uh, um, lots of writing on my own, and lots of, like, playing all the instruments on my, on my own at my house, and, um, you know, for the layman out there, the process of making music especially, you know, for a long time, it's been overdubbing. It's not quite like all the musicians in the same room chanting, right. like, you know, some might imagine. It used to be like that back in the day, but so overdubbing's a pretty basic process of how things get done. So that being said, I can, you know, since I play all the instruments, I can kind of like write the drum part and the bass part and the guitar part and sing and and change stuff around and edit and fly stuff over here and, and twist it up and listen to it and and then when I think I have a couple good tunes I'll like call in some other cats to come like flush it out in the studio and mm. and, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Now is that do you prefer doing it that way uh, all in separate parts or would you rather um, kind of do it all in one I don't part? know if I prefer doing it that way it's a <laughs> lot of work. Yeah. Um, Kind of is going with the flow of, of my current situation, you know. Hmm. I don't, um, you know, and it's a solo project too, so I kind of like, 
I've been in a million, like we said before, I've been in a million bands. So um, I've done it that way quite a bit. And currently I'm just kind of doing it this way and mm. seeing, you know, kind of playing, waiting to see what the results of that mindset is. And because um, I know how the band thing works and I've done that a million times and that's cool too. There's, there's a beauty to both ways. Um, especially when you're in a good band, like right. guys have good ideas and it's like fun to be like, and guys will surprise you. Right. Now, was the, the goal to always be, you know, since you were, uh, in, in bands for many years, was it something that you always wanted to do the singer songwriter thing and you always wanted to do your own solo thing or did it just kind of come naturally over the years or the opportunity presented itself uh okay the answer to that is no i didn't want to do this <laughs> like that life has kind of handed me this situation but um i really enjoy it and i feel like really comfortable growing into that position um do you miss that band lifestyle like that that whole on the road and collaborating with different guys like um, a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, there's a beauty to both. I do miss being on the road. I, uh, I pretty much lived out of a, a backpack for like 10 years straight, <laughs> which is very interesting after a while. Yeah. Um, I do miss that. And obviously I miss like, um, the bigness, you know, that my former band Breaking Benjamin, obviously like every show was a slam dunk at, after a while. So... <laughs> Now I'm back to like, you know, humping my own gear and playing in the corner of a bar, which is all good. And um, it's been humbling for me, like in, in a in a positive way, because mm. like, uh, um, you, you know, I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like a lot of guys have, have success and it maintains and then whatever. But. So I'm kind of like in this weird, I wouldn't call it a low point. I'm actually more creative and, in my opinion, more talented and hardworking than I've ever been. But um, certainly like on the scale of the bigness and all that success and the huge crowds and all that fanfare, I'm in a, you know, a bit of, uh, I'm in a whole different thing now. But it's all good and I feel like whatever I'm working on here and building up, um, if it ever gets bigger i feel like i really fucking earned it you know what I mean? like um and i've also been willing to like go i've been willing to get my hands dirty again and get down in there where i think a lot of guys like once they had that success they're like they're they're like desperate to maintain that level of you know the four-star hotels and the tour buses and all that shit right for anything but i'm willing to like forego all that to like do something that I feel really passionate about and I think comes from the heart I don't know how corny that sounds but that's the way I feel <laughs> is that something that you want to uh to do uh with your solo act or is that something you want to do with, uh, you want to hop on it with another band and do that in terms of touring um I think all what I just said was like to do with like my solo stuff um 
think as a guitar player, I, I could reach out to bigger bands and hop in or something where someone needs a guitar player because I've been playing guitar for so long that's kind of, I can kind of like do that fairly easily with a lot of different styles. Um, you know, I can play convincingly in a couple different styles, but um, I feel like that's like my back pocket kind of rainy day situation. Mm -hmm. um, I have all this stuff in my head and creatively I want to get it out at this point um, as opposed to just like playing guitar for someone, which is sure. cool. And, you know, I've done that before and I like it and it's like an awesome way to make money. Yeah. But right now I have all these songs in my head and I'm just like trying to get them out into the universe and see what happens you know? gotta and scratch that creative itch so right right i've i've already scratched the guitar player itch for for a long time and i feel like i done a lot of good work in that department mm. and now it's at this period of my life i'm trying something else yeah mm. what's your process uh do you write the lyrics first and then the music or does the music come first and then how does that work for your style? Uh, it depends. Um, sometimes I just have a song title. Like I'll think of a song title and I'll put it down in my phone or something. Um, and I try to, I'll be like, man, that's a cool song title. I'll try to work lyrics from that. Sometimes the whole song writes itself in one fail, one swoosh, which those are usually the best. Um, all the songs that I've written in like 10 minutes are always the best ones. They're like no-brainers, um, and that's rare. Usually, you have to you have to you know sift through some dingers and mm. work on stuff and chip away to find a good one. But um, sometimes I'll just write a guitar riff, and then I'll record it in my phone or something, and and then I'll go into my studio later and tinker around with it. But um, there's a million different ways. Even like as like the the drummer for um, stuff i'm working on i'll sometimes i'll write just the drum beat and work from there it de really depends it's kind of a mishmash and um there's no set way i would say the best way is like i said if you're just sitting there with the acoustic guitar and you start strumming and all the lyrics come and you start writing it down and you know like 10 minutes later you have the whole that's the best way but that's rare right. you know you have to like write a hundred other shit songs to get to that one, you know? How do you know when it's, when it's right, when it's, a, when it's a good song, in your opinion? Well, you go with your gut a little bit, but I'm also like, as a music fan, I know what I like. Um, so you judge it a little bit on that, but you also like, you're never quite sure and sometimes I've written stuff and I play it for people. I'm like, dude, check this out. And then they, they're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, really? Fuck. I <laughs> love that song. Yeah. So you never know. And then I've written some ones that I'm like, yeah, this will be like at the end of the record. And this is like a B cut for me. And people will be like, that's your jam. So you never quite know. I think as, as the writer, you're too close to it. Um, even when I was in other bands where other cats were writing the tunes, same thing. I'd be like, no, that's the song. They'd be like, really? <laughs> so, you know, it's funny how that works. But um, 
Yeah, you just go with instinct, and um, I know what I like when I hear music, and um, I like a lot of the same shit other people like. I like the you know the Beatles and Zeppelin and Floyd and all that good stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it's pretty neat. Um, you know, obviously everyone probably knows you more so for you know Breaking Ben, and you were the guitar player. Right. They probably didn't know that you had this talent that was so far more than just a guitar. You know, it's fun watching your videos. That's fine. You know, no, no, but that's fine. But it's I, cool I though. I was handsomely rewarded for, and uh, what's the word? Allotted? Is that the, is that a word? Like uh, for being a guitar player, yeah. people love the way I play the guitar in that band. Oh, so, dude, like I, I just said, I was just uh, talking to Gene Philbin like two days ago. And uh, we were talking about you, just how the guitar with you, looked, it was like a tool. It was mm -hmm. the way you played, and he used the word swagger. I don't know if you want to use that word, but there was this thing about you that just the way you moved and the way the guitar moved, it was, <laughs> it was always cool. My wife always, yeah, my wife always made fun of me. She's like, that's like your man crush or whatever. Because I just thought, no, <laughs> really? yeah. Well, why didn't you have me sit over here? Yeah. Right? Right. That's why I had to, I had to <laughs> yeah. sit in between. It would get too yeah. hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably turning red right now. <laughs> I hear you. But no, it, it, you know, so that you had that, and a lot of people said that too. So it's just yeah. cool to kind of see that you're more than just that. That you have the, you know, the vocals and the drums and the bass, and you know, it's it's neat. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought it was neat. Right. Okay. So yeah, the first part, like, I always tried to play. For me, whenever whatever situation I'm in with the guitar, I try to um, not be playing. One of my rules of thumb is to never be playing at 100%. If I don't know if that makes any sense to you. So, like, if I have, like, a, you know, I know I have a, a position or a job to do. Like, I know that I, weigh, I overcompensate for what I need to be doing at that particular moment. So then when I get on stage, I'm not stressed out about it and I can go up there with confidence because I know I did my homework and I know I got, I got this, right? So like I think when I played the guitar, I mean, I've been playing guitar for a long time. It's kind of second nature to me, but and I'm not saying any of this in a bragging or cocky way, but I think what you're getting at is I like got up and kind of I have, I like to have a carefree like fun I guess swagger to it where it's just like bam dude bam like I don't I'm not a guy that's gonna be like looking at the frets and making you know making sure it's all like it's like I already did that homework in private if I you know if I had to do sure. that um and not that I play anything like him but I think a little bit of that I got from watching Eddie Van Halen always looks like that dude's having fun mm. and he's just like whatever dude like i got this <laughs> it looks so easy and even yeah. like carter beauford from dave matthews band he's like a badass motherfucker and he's just up there and it's just like i got this right like i like in the performance department i like guys like that that maybe i'm not as smiley and as happy-go-lucky as those cats you know but i i like the effortless of what they're doing they're not like 
oh shit, what you know? So I think it's. I like watching guys that are very comfortable on stage, and it seems like that's where they belong. Yeah, you right? definitely pulled that off. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Yeah. And certainly shaped the the sound of those earlier uh, records as well. I yeah. would say, you know, uh, you know, you, you can you can hear your, you know, you, having having being able to hear your solo records and everything, you can hear that influence even more now. I think in the earlier work too, like okay, that was definitely him. You know, that yeah. was you. Yeah, it's f funny. I've heard that from a couple people, and I find it interesting because my solo stuff, I mean, it's still there's still rock music, but it doesn't. To me, it's not in the same vein or genre as, as Breaking Ben stuff, but sure. um, but people here, they're like, oh, yeah, I hear some of that stuff in there, which is cool, and it means that I left my mark in that band. Sure. Um, I, I don't hear that, but I, it's, maybe that's just because I'm too close to it, but um, maybe there's like little things I do on the guitar. Um, that you're like, oh yeah, that's something that he would do, which is cool mm. to have some kind of signature thing on an instrument that I've been playing for fucking ever. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I have a couple little signature moves by now. now so. Speaking of which, when did you first start getting into music? Was that something you, you grew up with? Uh, yeah, my my dad was a big music fan, and and he raised me on like classic rock and stuff, and he was a DJ at the local college. Um, so I always loved music and I was always playing in my household, but I didn't, I didn't start playing music until I was 13. Um, and before that I was like a skater, like thrash kind of kid, BMX kind of kid. And I was like very average at best at all that stuff. I had too much fear, I think, <laughs> which all the guys that were good at that, they like had no fear. Right. right? So. I had too much fear, but when I started playing music, I was like, man, this is like the first thing I'm good at in my life. And um, and at that age, at like 13 or 14, I could practice all the time. And um, uh, so I put in a, like a lot of hours and started a band in high school and what, all that what, was, stuff. what was your first band called? The, the band was called Seed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think it was, I I didn't name the band, but I believe it was called, it'd be cool, it's not like a marijuana seed or something, which <laughs> would be which would be like cooler, dude, but right. I think it was named after this um, uh, secondhand store in the town I grew up in, Seals Grove, Pennsylvania, called the Mustard Seed, oh, okay. and some of, some of them, one of the other kids in the band named it that, so, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was... Strange with Candy, the kind of the start of your major success, so to speak. Yeah. Were you with them when they were on MTV? Yes. Okay. I uh, I remember my dad. He was downstairs. I was a skinny kid with big sideburns. Well, I don't, the thing is, I don't <laughs> I don't remember that moment other than my dad was downstairs, and he yelled up, "He's like, John, there's these guys from Wilkes-Barre on TV. Come down here and see this." Yeah. And it was cool as hell, and. That's when I started following, you know, Nick Coyle and you, and and then eventually it was Lifer, yep. and I remember being outside a gallery of sound when Lifer, this the first Lifer CD dropped. Yeah, I remember that. that was yeah, cool. and uh, there was like a line out the doors, right? I was out in that line. <laughs> nice. And I think it was Freddie. Uh, he was asking girls to uh, flash, oh, okay. 
their boobs, and they would get to the front of the line, and here I am, like, I want to get to the front of the line. And you don't like, have any I boobs. don't have any boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to this this day I do, but you know. yeah, gotcha. But uh, yeah, so that's that's how my, my first introduction to you uh, as a musician was. That was two thousand ish, two thousand one, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think I think that was in two thousand. That thing on MTV. And that was a huge stepping stone for me. Like, I couldn't have predicted. Like, we were locally, we had, like, a nice um, following around Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and we actually played the Jersey Shore quite a bit. And um, we were playing a club in New Jersey, and some, like, MTV scouts were at the show, and, and they were like, can we use you? use you guys for this uh ultimate cover we were a cover band but we played we still played our own music but we played enough covers i guess to kind of be like all right or 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 we were good enough at the covers we were playing to be considered a cover band but um at that age i was like up for taking any opportunity like that so we we're like hell yeah let's do it and uh you know, kids these days don't really know the power of MTV like it used to be. Sure. Dude, when do you... I mean, and that was even at the end of it. Like, for yeah. bands in the 80s and 90s, if your video was on MTV once, you could tour the country and, and like, sell out venues. But this was way at the end of it when they were barely playing music or videos of any sort. But we did this. we did that show, and it was like... Overnight, I remember we had a P.O. box here in town, and, and like overnight, the thing was like jammed. We had to go like <laughs> empty the thing every day, and um, and that led to that band getting a record deal, and then we had to unfortunately change the name to Lifer, which I think hurt that band quite a bit actually, because mm. um, we certainly had local. A lot of like local fanfare and then nationally with that MTV show we built that name but at the time there was this like um, show I think it was on Comedy Central or something called Strange with Candy I, I, I remember it I, yeah I don't remember it being you know particularly anything I watched but I remember it being it was on. just happenstance we didn't like copy it or anything sure. it was just happenstance and uh I actually really liked the name Strangers with Candy for the for the for a band. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's a great name. And then the the name Lifer, which we the lawyers made us change. They didn't make us change it to Lifer, but they made us change it. But um, and that name I actually don't like. For <laughs> <laughs> well, how did that happen? <laughs> but it, but it is what it is, and the record came out, and that happened. Well, what do you well, mean? Why Lifer? Like well, I don't know. Someone still? thought of it. You know, I remember like riding around in the van and people were throwing out names left and right and um i think like i think a big good band names all the time and I, then you look them up and they're taken so like everything <laughs> good is like taken yeah you know and especially with just, the internet and, and then when you're in a band you have to kind of all agree on it or whatever but yeah. um i mean that's that's neither here nor there really at the end of the day it's like is the is the music good is what matters so and it was yeah yeah, yeah it was a cool record uh, uh we, we just got a comment from uh chris weaver he said uh talk a little bit about the book uh, your dad wrote okay 
Uh, yeah, my dad, Gary Fink, he uh, is a writer, and he followed Stranger with Candy around to a lot of shows, and um, uh, and then once I joined Breaking Benjamin uh, for the second time, <laughs> um, he followed us around. Well, you know, Stranger with Candy started getting big, and then I joined Breaking Benjamin, and that got even bigger. Um, he followed us around to the early days of a lot of those shows, and and he wrote a book called Amped, and that's like his perspective. I think it's like subtitled Father's Backstage Pass, mm. and it's like his perspective of me in the music business, and it's it's a fun book. There's a lot of like anecdotal stuff, and um, there's some like nonsense and like like it like nonsense meaning like there's some fun like backstage you know antics that went on or or, or conversations and, and stuff and uh, it's also I mean for him it was like he was proud of his son and seeing his son like budding into being um, at least getting paid to, <laughs> to like do something he loves Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool book. It's called Amp. Check it out. I was going to ask you, how how did he, you know, receive all this, like, of, of his son, like, being this yeah. huge musician, basically? How, how, what was his, is that in the book, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should just read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you a copy. All right. Um, like, what do you mean? But that's got to be cool. Like, you know, yeah. he's your dad, so, like, Here's his son on these big stages across the country. Yeah. You know, like, that's got to be... Yeah, I think it's exciting. I yeah. think I'm sure there's some pride that comes with that. Or, um, I'm sure he has a different perspective than you had on it. You know, looking right. back on the same experience. For me, I was, it. like, on the inside. So, like, a lot when I read the book, there was a lot of things that... Um, when someone's writing about you... Even even be it your father, there's a lot of things you're like, oh, I never saw it that way because right. I'm on the inside and and but everything in life's like that. Like um, we always see people different than they see themselves. So mm. I, I don't know. Now uh, I I know there's a lot of local musicians around here who you know are want to you know. Uh, you know, be in a big band and tour the country and stuff like that. Good luck these days. <laughs> I, Ooh, can, it's scary out there now. Can you talk about maybe the earlier days of Breaking Ben? You know, because yeah. I, I know there was struggle before you guys, you know, were able to, you know, it wasn't an overnight thing is what I'm saying. I think people, you know, you hear the term overnight success a lot. And then when you actually look into the histories of a lot of bands, I think you find... Oh yeah, they've been doing this five, six, whatever years, or you know they went through this yeah. and that or whatever before they got big. But everybody just thinks, oh, because I heard of them last week, they're an overnight success. Well, hmm. with Breaking Benjamin, I would say, obviously there was some legwork that went into the band, and and obviously Ben had been writing songs for years and playing in clubs, and there was. Obviously, it wasn't literally overnight, but as far as, like, getting a record deal, 
and making a record and having it come out and being played on the radio and people showing up at the shows, that happened all within a year. So, I mean, that's not overnight, but um, looking back as far as, like, like, other things and other the way other people um, slave it out and grind it out on the circuit, um, there wasn't too much of that on the national level, mm. right? We had a great la- – we had – I mean, Walt Disney was our record label, so it was like <laughs> there was a lot of push behind it. Sure. And there was a lot of radio airplay, and radio airplay. I still, still to this day, I swear by. If you have that, you got it. You, you got it. Mm. People hear your song on the radio when they're driving their car. For some reason, there's these like gears that there's something clicks in people's head where they're like, it legitimizes legitimizes <laughs> the band somehow. And then they're like, okay, I gotta go see that. Or if they like it, they'll be that, they'll be willing to like you know, take their time and call off work and spend some money and go see a band. Mm. Um, I don't know, you know, in that, re- in that regard, that band, in my opinion, took off pretty quickly. I mean, we never toured in a van. It was always a tour bus, you know what I mean? So, like, in that regard, it was pretty, it was pretty good going right out of the gate. But that didn't come out of nowhere. There, there was a lot, you know, people learned their craft and, and did, you know, did the club work and stuff all before that to make it, to get it to that point. Mm. But once I think the original four members were in place, I think it all made sense to everybody at that time and to the people that were surrounded us and worked for us and stuff. And it was just like, bang. And everybody was young still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Which we were all like, we were all like 24. I mean, Mark was a little bit older. <laughs> um, dude, I was like 24. It was like, and we were all ready to rock. It's corny, it's cheesy as that sounds, but like, you know, none of us had too many ties or, you know. Right. Um, we didn't know any, like, we didn't, we were kind of naive and didn't know any better. And we were just like, sure, let's do that. Sign us up, you know, so. Now, we have another. Uh, Man, I'm rambling here. Viewer question. You can cut me off at any uh, time. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of bands, I, uh, this is from Steve Masterson. Okay. Uh, a lot of bands I see in the area need help breaking out of their immediate town these days uh, over and over playing the, their, their same mar- the same market. Uh, how would you help a popular local band with local turning uh, and, and turn from for, turn from local to regional? I think is what he's trying hmm. to say. Yeah, um, kind of what I've just been hinting at. Like fifteen years ago, I could have gave you, you know, do this, do this, this. I honestly, Steve, I don't. Is this guy's name Steve? Mm-hmm. Steve, I don't know. These days, um, it's probably changed. The market has changed. It's so completely much. different. It's like a whole. I don't even recognize what what it is. It's the um, it's, the, it's the interwebs. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I, for me, I, I don't. I think rock and roll. I don't know if they do rock or what they do, but like, 
rock and roll is currently a little bit out of fashion, mm. um, which sucks because that's what I like. But um, so be it. Things come and go, and it'll come back around. But um, and you know, I I don't know about nationally, but or big cities, but like around here, there's not a lot of clubs to play. There's hardly any clubs with stages and a PA system and a sound guy. There's like nothing left. Right. Nothing. Um, and then like, you know, some club owners aren't willing to charge a cover, and then it's hard to get people to come out. Um, you know, there's a lot of Netflix and chilling going on. <laughs> Nobody wants to come out and see bands anymore, you know? Um, yeah. I'm a little guilty of that myself. And record sales obviously are like nothing. Um, it's tough. I don't know. I really don't know if, if I knew if I knew the formula now, you know, I'd be setting sail to tour the world or something you know what I mean like right I, I want to do all that too um I really don't know I mean the the first and foremost my advice to anybody is like have good songs mm. or hire someone that can write good songs or or something I don't I think and all the situations that I've been in that have been successful uh in my opinion the bands had good, I, all the bands, was, they all had good songs. Yeah. Right? So that has a trickle-down effect. And most of the, the aforementioned bands, like, they also had great singers, too. So, like, it's hard. It's, it's even in this day and age, to me, it's still hard to fuck with that formula. Mm. A, a good singer and good songs... I mean, to me, good songs is first and foremost. No offense to any singers, sure. but Bob Dylan is like the greatest songwriter ever. He can't sing a lick, right? Mm. It's great songs, dude. They last forever. And then, you know, a good good singing is second to that, but those are two good starting points. Yeah. The other stuff, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a marketing manager. I'm not, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, and playing from the heart and doing it for the right reasons. I never played. I never played in bands or played music to like make to make to make money. Mm. I got to that juncture, and I I like money as, as much as sure, anybody yeah. else. But that's that was never my intent, right? Sure. So I always at least started out in ventures from this like pure starting point where I was like, all right, man, let's do this, you know? Yeah. And then some other business, you know, other business shit happens over time and things get complicated, but I don't know. If, you, if you're starting out in music these days to make money, I would say God bless you. Because it's weird. Yeah. You, no one sells CDs and people don't go to shows. I, I, it's weird. I don't know. From what I, from my perspective, I see people like, I see like A-listers like headlining arenas and then I kind of see like a guy with an acoustic guitar in the, in the corner of the bar. I, there's not as much middle ground to be had as I think there used to be. Mm. Whereas you used to be like, there'd be like a local band that people would get, like the, my band Strangers with Candy people 
around Wilkes-Barre really got behind that band, like really got into it. We'd play like a Tuesday and it would be like sold out, right? I, I just don't see that going on anymore. So uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Like uh, to me, that was like a middle ground where like people would get excited about something and they could call their own and hang their hat on and be like, dude, there's this great new local band. Let's go see them. There's not a lot of that going on. I wish there was. I, I feel like too that it's very hard to get people to uh, take a chance on something they haven't seen before, or that something that they feel like isn't a isn't a guarantee. Like if I right. feel like there's a lot of people who are willing to shell out, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy dollars for a ticket to something at the pavilion right. that's very safe. It's like okay, I've seen these guys; they've come through the area a dozen times before. Right. I hear them on the radio all the time, so right. I know what I'm getting going in. But getting them to pay that five dollar cover at the bar, it's like I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do that because that's a drink. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a beer. That's, that's, that's a, yeah. Which that's is a, bizarre to me yeah. because they'll spend the the tab at the end of the night will be like fifty five dollars in booze. Yep. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, takes away from their booze. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but. Right, and and to be fair, sometimes when you, when you hear original music, it's the kiss of death. Right. To be fair, it's hard. It's and I'm still working at it myself. After all these years, it's really hard to write a good fucking song. Mm. So that's I'm still working on that myself. But like, well, you and I were just talking before this podcast. You know, ten, fifteen years ago. We were looking for original music. I wasn't looking for yeah. cover bands. I wasn't looking for DJs. Totally. I wanted to go out and see original music. Like, I, I would look for it, yep. you know? And now it's... And there was a lot of good stuff going on, and there yeah. was a scene. I literally moved to Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania because of the music scene. Hmm. Literally, in 1999, I moved here because I came up here and played a show... And the show was packed, and there was like this fervor in the air for um, just like rock music, and 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 then there was I started playing club after club after club, and there was all these places, and everybody had a stage and a PA and a sound guy, and the and the guy that the club owners would pay, and people would show up, and there was like this whole thing going on, and people were really open to you know original music or whatever um and it was cool it was um and i feel like this area too i'm not always saying it's dead but it's like definitely in a lull so yeah I, I feel like there's there's a lot of good bands I and mean, there's a lot of good you know i see a lot of good records coming out you know just the last couple of years you know i i've i've only been doing any pa scene for two years yeah and i i constantly have stuff coming in and i'm, I'm completely impressed by we had two yeah uh you know music video premieres this week uh from grant williams nice. just blush uh really good stuff like solid music coming nice. out but I, I, like you said, it's it's hard to get to convince people to come out and give it a chance and to try something right. new and to to pack the bars, you know, like they used to be. But of course, there's not as many places that are specifically focused on, you know, featuring those original bands too. Yeah, there also seems to be a lot of stuff to sift through. Mm. Um, like when I was starting out, Jesus Christ, it was barely the internet, you know, back then. Um, 
And since then, obviously, especially I think like when MySpace hit, whenever right. that was, like in 2005 or something or four, yeah. um, a- anybody could have their own, hey, this is my band and this is, this is us in the garage and, sure. you know, you can buy a Stratocaster now for 300 bucks and, uh, you know, and, and do your thing, which is awesome. And I think everyone should play music. It's like a beautiful thing. It's like this, like, lifelong friend, you know, just even if you play guitar, just to have that thing to always rely on or when when stuff sucks in your life, music is a great, and I totally encourage that. But it floods the market, man. And there's like a gazillion things, and you don't know. There is a lot of good music coming out, but you have to kind of like sift through it and find it out yourself. You have to like... Yeah. It's like an archaeological <laughs> dig. You have to like, you back, know. Back then, if you had a CD, like that meant something. Like, it, not everyone was putting out music right. on a CD to or or tape or whatever it was to right. to send off to somebody to save else. Up your yeah, money and go to like a real studio. Yeah. and make it official. Yep. And now, now you can just and you know, everyone has Pro Tools or a Garage Band or whatever on their home thing. And yeah. And get a couple microphones and, and do it up, which again is is all good. But I guess for the consumer, and or for biz, the music business in general, it's just flooded, and mm. you, it's hard to know if you're coming or going. There's so much stuff coming across the radar, and when you're on Facebook or Instagram or stuff, there's just like a million things to look at. You don't know what to gravitate towards. Right. Unless I think sometimes when you see everyone gravitating towards one thing, people, their minds operate like that. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's like a little bit like, oh, that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a little bit. I'm, I'm as guilty of that as anybody else. But, um, right. So everybody's going to the show, whatever it may be at, at the Montage Mountain. But, not everyone's gonna go down to see the brand new band down at this club. You have to t- you have to convince your buddy, like, dude, these guys, this is cool. Come check this out. That's right. That's a harder sell than let's go to Peach Fest. You can, it's gonna the lineup's gonna be all this interesting stuff, and that's that's like a slam dunk. So I don't know. I don't think I'm bitching. I think I'm. <laughs> I'm just like no, saying no. how it is. <laughs> it's, it's just reality. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's the current state of affairs. Well, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to finish up without you know talking a little bit about uh, a little more about the new records. Yeah. Uh, now you have gone in, uh, from what I understand, to to really create a whole bunch of different kinds of songs. It's not. You yeah. Know, you're not trying to. You know, you're trying to try do a little something different with each track on this one. Yeah. Well, I always, I like music like that. Like, you know, anybody that knows me knows, like, Led Zeppelin's my favorite band. And all the records, you, like, never, not that I was around when they came out, but when I listen to those records, you never, you can't, every song is different. And they all have a different flavor. And they're all, like, coming from a different starting point, it seems. Mm. Right? They're not just, they weren't just, um putting stuff on the conveyor belt and like yeah you know 
the pizza goes on the belt and it comes it's like every pizza was like everything was different man everything was fresh and original and like um i i love that i'm not comparing my music to zeppelin and all that actually doesn't sound anything like led zeppelin but i like the idea of mixing it up and i like i like when i listen to records and each song takes me somewhere else i don't like records where it's just like um you listen to it and you're just like what what just i thought well, those all different songs what just happened like it's just like so I like like the roller coaster ride of, of doing different stuff and hopefully that's what I'm doing I'm not sure if it is what I'm doing but that's I certainly try to do that and then and that stems from me liking a, a lot of different kinds of music mm. I love it all I mean I like like metal I like hip hop I like you know Beethoven's like one of my favorite things that I always listen to I like jazz I like like jam band stuff I, I I literally like it all a little bit little things of all kinds of music um so that's part of my like psyche of how I think about music I don't think like oh I'm just like this hard rock dude I'm gonna just do that which is all good and I love hard rock as much as the next guy but I, I'm trying to like mix different stuff up and and I'm also like as far as my solo career goes I'm still finding out what my strong suit is mm. and I'm still finding out um what people like about what I'm doing and I really listen to I really um listen to like constructive criticism and feedback and stuff I'm not a guy that's just like yeah dude everything I do is like the bomb so I'm like mm -hmm. I, you know, hopefully not to a fault, but I do listen to people and they're like, dude, that song's cool or that one's not, or I, I, I take that all in and, and try and learn and grow from that. Um, so that's part of it too. I'm kind of like a little bit spitballing <laughs> and seeing what, what's, yeah. what's cool. Also too, it's just fun to like tinker around with different stuff. Certainly on the guitar, I can like, convincingly play like a lot of different styles on the guitar so at least on the guitar I, I I that I may get carried away with that because I'll like do something and then I'm like oh shit I have to sing over that like that doesn't make any sense with my voice so but that's all a process and I think that's part of like growing as an artist and um, I'm certainly not scared to try different stuff and um i'm not scared to like fail at something and at least say like well i try you know i played a hand sure um i'm really interested in like growing as an artist as i, I get older and trying different stuff and and pushing my own boundaries and if people like what i do and and they're willing to come on that ride with me then that's awesome you know what what is your what is your role on the uh gentleman east record that we uh mentioned earlier um you do a little bit of the writing on i that do too? a little bit of the writing and a little bit of the singing but mostly that's brett alexander's um he's kind of the head honcho in that band um which i love because he's 
for all of you that don't know out there, Brent Alexander is a, gr- a fantastic singer-songwriter um, who's based in the Wilkes-Barre area, and he used to be in a band called The Badleys. And I was a huge fan of them growing up, and I actually played in that band a couple years ago. Um, he's mostly the main singer and the writer, and his songs are, like, awesome. So I'm like, sure, dude, sign me up. And I mostly play, I'm mostly the guitar, like my role was the guitar player in that band. So mm. I get to like um, put my little, you know, my spin on his his music, which is which is cool for me. Now, do you have any uh, shows coming up uh, that uh, you might want to plug or uh, anything that's uh, that's going um, on? There's, I'm working on a couple shows for this summer, and I'm trying to t- trying to get like a booking agent and stuff like going. But uh, the only thing I think off the top of my head that's coming up in the immediate future is um, a store in town here, Gallery Sound, does Record Store Day every year, mm-hmm. yep. and that is on April 22nd. And the time I'm not sure of, but I'll be doing a little acoustic setup there on that day. Cool. I'll be rocking some songs from Galaxies. Nice. Now, uh, you know, we, we had talked about some of the, the lulls in the, the music scene recently and stuff, too. But it also feels like there's a lot of people, uh, you know, locally, especially local musicians mm-hmm. and everything, that, uh, you know, uh, really love and appreciate what you do and, and, uh, and yes. have supported that as well. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of good good guys in the area doing yeah. some good stuff as, as well. Sure. You know, to leave yeah. it on a, on a high note. Yeah, so to speak. yeah. No, I didn't mean to be dour with all that stuff. No, sure. I just, um, when the, the, the guy asked me, like, what's your advice? Like, I literally, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird out there. It's hard. I don't know how to get traction these days. But, um, Different. yeah, of course, yeah. I've, um, my success around Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, I, um, I don't take for granted, and I feel very fortunate to, to be in you know a couple of situations that um, were supported a lot by local fans and stuff, and I, I, um, I try to count those blessings and not take it for granted. And I feel uh, fortunate, you know. I, I made a bet on this town. Like I said, I moved here yeah. in 1999. I was like, this sure. scene's awesome. There's got something going on. And yeah. I took a little gamble of my own. And, and like, through happenstance and the world at large, some stuff happened. And <laughs> here we are. Well, you and I go back a long way, yeah. believe it or not. And uh, I have a little surprise for you. And I don't know if our, uh, our viewers will be able to see this, but uh, I dug up some photos that uh, <laughs> you may not remember. Uh, so I think Gerard, <laughs> our guy's gonna. Hopefully, I have clothes on. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have two photos. Oh, they're I dug come up. up on yeah, the they're, they're supposed okay. to. Yeah. So um, I have two photos. Oh, one was after uh, a Reader's Choice Award ceremony, and one was way before that. Even I think it was like '06 or '07. Okay. Uh, at that point, and well, this the '06 photo which we'll, we'll see in a minute. Um, <laughs> I was just, you know, a big super fan, and uh, I really didn't know you at that point. I was just kind of a guy in the bar mm-hmm. uh, working for a local entertainment magazine. And then uh, the second was actually we kind of knew each other and hung out a little bit. But um, I don't know if we're having a... I can share my phone if you want. 
Just hold your phone up again. Yeah, I'll just bring it to the... Oh, uh, we also had a, yeah, we had a um, uh, Down to Six, uh, really good local band, by the way. Yes. You should definitely check out. Very cool. Aaron said, "Will you play? Uh, Aaron, will you play a guitar solo on our new album?" I already did. <laughs> that already happened. So, <laughs> so why asking? Down to Six. <laughs> They're just busting. <laughs> that did that happened? I had a blast doing it. <laughs> They're a good band. Uh, Chris Weaver also asks, uh, what fueled the uh, Gentleman East uh, creation? Uh, well, Brett Alexander and Paul Smith left the Badleys. Um, I don't know when that was, 2013 or 14. And uh, Brett came to me and said, hey, man. I'm not doing that anymore. I want to do something else. Do you want to play guitar with me? And that was it. And uh, at the time, I had the Stardog Champion Band had just kind of fizzled out. So mm -hmm. I was ready for like a new opportunity as well. And he was starting something new. And we went out for beer one night, and I was just like, sure, let's do it. So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out that he played on the on the live stream the the photos. We didn't see them, but I'll show yeah. them to you. Oh. They were they were. I'll on show the them. To, yeah. So everyone else saw them except you did. <laughs> you, did you did not. But uh, yes, this is from 06 with the blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, I went through a phase <laughs> where I was dyeing my hair uh, not even blonde. I, I asked the lady to dye white. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty white. Yeah, I was trying to. Age myself or something. I don't know. <laughs> that was my Billy Idol phase. <laughs> and there's you in 09 with much darker hair. Yes, that's my natural color. Yeah. That was an after party. That that's okay. We probably don't remember at all, but that's okay. <laughs> that might have pictures, been a beverage or two, yeah. Pictures to prove it. Nice. I like it. I thought that was neat. I liked it. That's good. You got to send this to me. I will. I will. All right. So, uh,. That seems to be all the, the the questions and everything. I don't know. Do you okay. want we'll get to the uh, the last word? Yeah. I know you, you uh, wanted to uh, you wanted to talk about this one, so I'll, I, let, I'll let you go off on it. Well, it, I, I should have done more research. I just I was away. I don't know, it was last week, but uh, April the giraffe was having a baby. Yeah. I saw it on Facebook. I don't know. Well, it's been it's been how long now? Like uh, probably weeks, at least a month. Yeah, of, I, of I, us, I of have these these constant non updates. Right. <laughs> I had no idea that this, this giraffe was pregnant, but I guess it's a a, a big deal across the uh, internet. Yes. And people are April. frantic about it, and um, so much so that you can actually purchase an an app. You can download an app that will tell you when. April the giraffe is going to have. Is there a word for a baby giraffe? Baby giraffe? I don't know. Calf? I don't know. I, I don't know how it works. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I just think that's nuts. <laughs> that's <it. laughs> what what zoo is she at? I have no idea. I just saw it on like. <laughs> is I, it rare or something that a giraffe would? It's not no, apparently just that uh, just that they're putting it on some on, on a live stream. Really you know, live stream, and people are like, can watch people this. People used to get excited about pandas, but I thought that's yeah. because they were endangered. Yeah, 
I mean, the only thing that I could think of that's any more boring than that is a bunch of guys sitting on a couch. You know, like, why would you live stream oh, that? Like, we got that covered. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I guess a giraffe can be pregnant for 15 months. 15 months. I didn't know that either until wow. today. Okay. Well, so, I mean, at least it takes you're, time to you're get learning that something. Out yeah, of it. I am definitely uh, learning something. So, uh, <laughs> for what that's worth, I don't know if anyone cares. I, I saw it. I was like, "This is weird." But well, you know, we're we're getting to the point now. I think where uh, the only way you can get noticed uh, on on any of these uh, social uh, social networks is to live stream. You know, which is is partially why we're doing what we're doing. Is that uh, why we're doing? It? I thought it was just because we look good. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not me. I I that, I was fine with the was keeping no, this an audio no, podcast. That was a joke. Yeah. You know, face for radio, but uh, right. you know, I. I, I feel so 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 maybe maybe it was just like uh, oh let's just live stream this like I, I feel like people are just throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks maybe. in terms of uh, live streams I mean I've seen everything I've seen stupid countdowns to nothing and uh, I, <laughs> I think countdowns to nothing well you know it'll just be like a like a countdown to like a TV show coming on or oh, something like gotcha. that it's like who who cares you know like okay like we get it like, yeah like yeah yeah crap like that and it's just and it's just a countdown that's just it you know you tune in and it's you're just watching a clock countdown for hours on end or whatever i guess just to get people's attention in their their social media feed but uh i don't know <laughs> just watching i just thought that was there. i thought that was interesting <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Interesting, but not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to really. I don't know how interested I am. I don't know if I really want to see it. To be I'm honest. not. I haven't looked into it. I haven't watched anything. I just. I heard this actually today. Um, I was at a, a, a client of mine, and uh, they were talking about it, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, but I guess the money that you pay for the app goes back towards the zoo or some kind of wildlife foundation, okay. which that's, is cool. That's very. Cool. You know, that's it's All not right. like it's going to some corporate. You know, greedy son of a bitch that doesn't need it. Right. It's going hopefully back into something that's positive. So, but that's that's all I have. My uh, my my favorite uh, use of the live stream that I've seen so far is uh, if you follow Super Deluxe, they make uh, they have weird cartoons and you know uh, weird um, live action uh, stuff as well. But uh, they'll do they'll do like videos like. Uh, they had a guy the other day, and uh, and he's just a guy in his underwear. And they said, We're, "I'm a I'm a businessman, so now you're going to select the clothes that I'm going to wear for me to do business." Wow. So then people, of course, you know, being the internet, they pick the most ridiculous, stupid-looking things that you could put on this guy. Right. And so they they put his outfit together, and then so okay, name my business. What is what is my business going to be? And it was, um, I think they chose Shrek the movie, the business. Okay. So, so he had to go out and tell people, "I am from Shrek the movie, the business. Here's my business card. Wow. Let us do business together." And he would say this very awkwardly to random people in the street. And so you watch the live stream as he was trying to get people to pay attention to him, and like the bizarre reactions. You see, like a woman like pulling her kid away, like let's get away from this psychopath. You know. That's funny though. So that that, funny. that was amusing. Yeah. I could. I, I don't know if we're gonna do anything like that on the show. We could try. Yeah. We'll go out to the streets of Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, the square is is known for well I, creative I things to happen. I, I don't know if we'd have to. We just have to just put it on. That's it. Yeah, and you're exactly. going you're going to see something interesting. Remember that time three years ago, some guy was walking down I think South Main Street with a crossbow. 
god. Did you hear about that? Was it Daryl Dixon? No. I don't know. So no, no, he was not. Was he on uh, bath salts? I don't know. <laughs> he was, yeah, but he was. Wa- I think he just got charged recently too. I, I forget what it was. It, oh, but uh, that's what made that pop Jeez. into my head. But yeah, he was walking down uh, Main Street in Wilkes-Barre with a crossbow. I, I was a I was a reporter for a local newspaper when the bath salts thing blew up. Yeah, I remember when that was. was that, that was about six seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, about that. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, people were going to the hospital every other day for it and punching you know, holes in the walls. Yeah, there was a guy. I he he broke into, um, he he put a knife up to like a priest's throat while he was sleeping. Oh boy. Like just and had and then had no recollection of it whatsoever. Like, you know, didn't seek this guy out or anything. It was just just went in there like it was nuts. Say no to drugs. Yes. Yes. That's that's the uh that's the main message we have at this that's, point. That's the last one. That's the last that's the last one. <laughs> just say no. All right. So um got a lot of good good compliments from people on this episode people seem to really enjoy it so uh thank thank you for coming on Aaron. My we pleasure. appreciate it it was a Love. lot of fun it was a, a insightful interesting I, i'm sure we'll uh we'll have you on again in the okay. future deep thoughts <laughs> we'll dig deeper next time Ooh. yeah Okay. In other words, and bring more pictures. He's gonna bring more embarrassing pictures. Is really, that's, that's really all I have. <laughs> or, or people can send in yeah. old pictures of me. And yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm sure. Try and embarrass me. Yeah, I'm sure there's. I, I'm a sure lot there's out plenty. There. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you guys were always, you know, very, you know, fan oriented and yes, yeah. appreciative of of your success and the, you know, the, your fan base. So you guys were always out there taking photos and. Saying thank you, so and still sure are, t- yeah, still are. Some babies shaking hands. Well, that's yeah. one thing we always said. Like everyone that came out of this area has always been very, very nice. There's not like one asshole really that's that I know of. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. Next week we're gonna have the uh, Roller Radicals uh, skate skating team on here, oh, so that's gonna man. be a good time. Uh, How many? Uh, I believe three. Three Ooh. members are going to be here. We need bigger couches. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're just going to knock us right off them. That makes right? sense. So, yeah. so that'll be that'll that'll work pretty well. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the following week, we're uh, uh, the, the the plan is we're going to have uh, Electric City Tattoo uh, right here on the podcast, and we're going to give away some uh, some passes to the uh, Electric City Tattoo Convention which is uh, at the end of the month. So uh, stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.